Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? And we wrapped up our top 10 player list last week, and we're going to continue this week with our top 10 lists. This time it's going to be a little more miscellaneous list. We got four things you want to talk about this week. Top 10 managers, top 10 uniforms, top 10 stadiums, and top 10 mascots. We just thought it would be important to give a little bit more uh, unique and, like I said, miscellaneous look at some of the things that kind of make baseball what it is. And as you probably already know, we are back on our week-by-week uh, schedule. Uh, we're going to do this week. We're going to do uh, the next week. We're going to do the off-season outlook. And then we're going to do our, you know, before the season, kind of preseason uh, look, kind of like how we started the podcast with our first few episodes. Um, so we can expect all that week by week. Uh, we will probably put a tweet out letting uh, letting you know kind of the schedule and, and that we're back to normal. So uh, just a little prelude before we get going here. So uh, let's just jump right into it. So I'll start my top 10 manager list with my four honorable mentions, as I have done in the previous episodes here. Uh, my four honorable mentions are Mike Sosha, Billy Martin, Bruce Bochy, and Tommy Lasorda. All great managers in their own right. Uh, some of them real winning managers. We unfortunately lost Tom of the Sorta not too long ago, uh, at about 93 years old, I believe he was. You know, big loss to the game, and uh, you know it, it. It sucks to lose someone like that, and it sucks to keep having to talk about you know, all these legends leaving. So, but let's get into my top 10 here. Uh, number 10, I start off with what I think is a controversial pick. Probably a lot of people think it is. Is number 10 is Connie Mack. I just think that with a little bit lower winning percentage. Even though he is an iconic, iconic looking, and iconic, like historical figure to the game, I just don't think Connie Mack's uh, stats quite hold up to the other guys. So I just got him pegged at number ten, but he does deserve to be on the list. So that's why I do have him there. Uh, number nine, Bobby Cox, iconic, you know, manager of the '90s, uh, Braves guy, probably their one of, if not the best, they've had. You know, I, I always kind of liked growing up watching Bobby Cox, and it was good to see him you know, throughout uh, quite a few years with the Braves, and it was uh, good to see him kind of sent off on a good way with the Braves. Uh, Number eight above him, I got Earl Weaver. Uh, Earl Weaver, uh, I don't know why he doesn't quite get the credit he deserves. Uh, With some of the lists I was looking up and some of the, you know, kind of feelings around baseball with Earl Weaver, I think that he was a fantastic manager, and I think that he was really fun to watch in just a retrospective and watching videos of him. Uh, If you're not familiar with his famous uh, confrontation with an umpire, Uh, Back in the day, I would look that up on YouTube immediately because it's hilarious how he just wouldn't leave the guy alone. (laughs) He was arguing with him up and down about everything. But right above him at number seven, I got Sparky Anderson, similar to Earl Weaver in the way of like the fieriness. You know, he was obviously a really good winning manager. You know, I wish I could have actually seen him, you know, manage a team when I was when I was younger. But, you know, I'm not sure exactly how long ago he died. Uh, but he was a little older, even in the in the '80s, managing. So it was. It's nice to read about him. He's a he's a really very good manager. Uh, right above him, at number six, you got Walter Alston, a guy that I think is just not quite. Uh, you know, speaking next to all these other names, it's not quite a, a household name. Not quite 
uh, one that you would find a lot of baseball fans talk about or even maybe even know about. Um, but he's got great, you know, managerial statistics, a lot of winningness. Um, and I think that he's worth, uh, I think he's definitely worth being a little bit, you know, kind of middle of the road here with the top 10 list, I think. Uh, above him at number five is Tony La Russa, one of my absolute favorite managers. Uh, Tony La Russa would definitely be like top three, probably in my top top 10 favorite manager list, but this is top 10 best um, lists. So, you know, Tony La Russa with the Cardinals and with the A's, uh, Cardinals, just an absolute winning manager, um, you know, a fiery guy, even though he didn't quite look like it. You know, overall, just a really cool guy, really great baseball guy, uh, very knowledgeable. So I got, got him at number five. Uh, right above him at number four, I have Joe Torre. Uh, Joe Torre, just an absolute fantastic manager. He was even a really good player. A lot of people forget about. Didn't quite get the winning, you know, nature of get the World Series and stuff, get over that hump until he was a manager. Um, I believe he won four with the Yankees, uh, which is, you know, nothing to sneeze at. You know, it's those 90s Yankee teams, you know, rivaling up against the Braves or some two of the, some of the best teams that you were going to see, you know, in the last 25, 30 years. Now, right above him at number three, I got John McGraw. John McGraw is just quite an interesting character around baseball, you know, especially back then um, when you had a lot of characters. Uh, kind of fit into that Ty Cobb, you know, tough guy mold, tough baseball guy mold. Uh, really good manager, kind of took no crap. He uh, He's fun to read and learn about, you know, in the early, early days of baseball. Uh, above him at number two is Casey Stengel, uh, the manager that I believe led the Yankees to their five in a row uh, World Series, I believe in the 40s and 50s. I believe that was the era. Talk about winning manager. I mean, his 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 winning percentage isn't the greatest. It's it's above 500, uh, mainly because uh, throw a little shade at the Mets here. He did go to manage the Mets, where he had like a 200-something winning percentage in the early days of the Mets. So his, his winning percentage did take quite a hit, but that was his choice to go there. So I uh, can't, even though I am faulting him, you can't really fault him. Uh, number one. I got Joe McCarthy, you know, quite opposite, maybe a little bit of the opposite end of the spectrum with Casey Stengel with the winning percentage. Joe McCarthy had quite an exorbitant winning percentage. It was like in the 600s with postseason considered. You know, obviously they both won their fair share of World Series and pennants, but I think that Joe McCarthy managing with the Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig years and the DiMaggio years with the Yankees, I think is just fantastic. Uh, getting those seven World Series is just, you know, these guys, these top three guys, I got McGraw, Stangle, and McCarthy, just don't, you don't see the winningness like that anymore because teams just don't stick a lot together like they did back then. You know, you could say that as a detriment to them or you could say them as a strength to them. I think it's more of a strength is that you could lead a team of guys like that repeatedly. You know, obviously it helps when you have guys like Babe Ruth and Gehrig, but you know, I, I do think that McCarthy deserves the number one spot and, you know, he's, uh, he's kind of far and away the top, you know, with world series pennants and winning percentage, he's like a top, uh, he's like top winningest. So he deserves the number one spot, but that's my top 10, uh, with some of my honorable mentions, I'm going to throw it over to Frank so he can give his opinion. Uh, so yeah, here's Frank with his, uh, with his, he's got a few honorable mentions and his top 10. Yeah, um, I mean, I think most of the names are pretty similar. I think our top ten list, I think all the names are pretty much the same. I think just different spots. So to get into my first honorable mention, I got time with Lasorda. As you said, great Dodger manager. Uh, I believe he's, you know, the Dodger blue. The next one I got in there is one of my favorites all time, Lou Pinella. You know, he just, his knowledge of the game, all these guys' knowledge of the game, but they just, the way they can, you know, mess with the system and mess with the way you place players. And, you know, I've seen him put a, a, a pitcher – a relief pitcher come in. It was only one lefty up. 
got the lefty out, put him in left field, took his left fielder out, put another pitcher in, had him get the next cop, couple guys out of their righties, then brought the lefty back in from left field, put him back on the mound, and then put a new left fielder in. So there's ways to get around things, but were fantastic. Mm. Um, and then his, his fire for his team, his fire against his players, to be able to stand up to his players, but stand for his players, and then go out there and just yell and scream and holler is, was just fantastic. Miller Huggins, the next one, uh, old school manager, of course. Billy Martin, as you mentioned, mm. um, you know, turning the hat sideways so you can get in the umpire's face more and yelling at Reggie and all the nonsense there. Uh, the next one, Buck Walter, probably has the greatest knowledge of baseball that any human's ever had. Yeah. And that's just how it is, and that's how it should be. Mm. He should be managing to this day. He should still be managing. Yeah. Next one's another guy similar to that, Jim Leland. Managed a lot of good teams and a lot of really great players, including Barry Bonds. Didn't take crap from him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, with the Tigers, with Miggy, and some really great players. Um, my last one, maybe not some people might not consider, but I do, Dusty Baker. And that's because he's a, he's a great manager, just hasn't got that win yet. Yeah. If he got that win, he'd be on these a lot of people's lists, but he just can't get that win, so that kind of holds him back. But I still like him, and I believe he's a really good manager. Yeah, he is. But to get into my actual top 10, number 10, I got Walter Alston. I believe he won the only World Series in Brooklyn Dodgers history, I believe it was, or he won the, the last one. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's. It, I, I know what you're talking about. I believe yeah. he won the only one, I think. I, I think, think it was. Right. And then he won the first three in L.A. He was a manager of those, I believe. Uh, number 9, I Bobby Cox. Uh, fantastic, fiery guy, <clears throat> great Braves manager. Another one just knew the game, in and out. Number eight, Sparky Anderson. Just, uh, all these guys are fiery. They're screaming, they're hollering. Yeah. They got the quotes and they got the the videos and stuff that are just uh, you know, they just make you laugh. They just make you think, well, that's you never see that quite again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number seven, John McGraw, which you already went into, old school manager, tough guy. You know, didn't take crap. Just seems like he's gonna have that lip in, spitting, you know, spitting a tin, you know, yeah. like the cowboy thing. You know, hear the ding every time you spit. That kind of guy. <laughs> Number six, Earl Weaver, like five foot three, Earl Weaver coming out there yelling, and hollering, kicking dirt, and telling him he's an idiot. And oh yeah. Telling me blew a call three weeks ago. That's how he was. Yeah. He when he went out there, he'd tell you about like the last seventeen calls he missed. Mm-hmm. He just always knew him and yelled at you, and you know, he was just uh, good defense and the three run home runs. That was Earl Weaver. As long as you could pitch good, good defense, and three-run home runs, that's how you were going to win. And that's what he did. Number five, Joe Torre. Good player. Uh, probably a Hall of Fame, really a player. Probably could get in. Never won. Uh, who is this guy kind of thing when he went to the Yankees. Came in, and all of a sudden, he became one of the greatest managers and won all the time and always wore the jacket, never moved kind of guy in the, in the dugout. Yeah. Uh, number four, one of the greatest managers of all time, of course, but one of my favorites, and one that's just got back into the game, Tony La Russa. Yep. Um, his knowledge of the game is is right up there with Showalter and Pinella. He's just unbelievably smart um, and just wins. Yeah. And you can win with really anybody. We're going to find out, really test that with the White Sox this year, with the young guys. But he can win. He always showed he could win with new players, old players, young players, anything. So yeah. we're going to test that again this year, over yeah. the next couple of years. Uh, number three, Casey Stangle, um, probably the most iconic manager throughout baseball history. I mean, now, obviously, you get the younger guys and different ones, but throughout baseball history, it's probably been Casey Stengel. Yeah. Uh, number two, Connie Mack. Um, yes, he has got a lower win percentage, but the fact that he managed, I believe, 53 years, and I think he has the, he has the most losses, most wins. I think he has 3,900 losses and, like, 3,700 wins. Managed 53 years, I believe, or 60 years. Uh, wore a suit. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe he started baseball. When he came in, it was like, here's, you know, a smush ball, and here's a piece of wood. And when he left, it was almost like a computerized game. It was, you know, he was in the 50s. It's like this game's kind of 
this is how it's going to be played now. Things are like more technology. It's like the game's kind of laid out now. He wore a suit and then everyone was wearing jerseys. It was crazy how yeah. he, where he went from and then where he got to. Um, number one, like you said, Joe McCarthy. I believe he has the highest – I think he's one of the highest win percentages as a manager. And then he has like a 737 postseason win percentage. Mm. He was just fantastic or very lucky. Either way you want to put it, he just got stuck with, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Joe DiMaggio and Yogi and guys like that. Or he was just really good at his job or both. But you don't really uh, – he'll really know because – you know, if I had Joe DiMaggio and Yogi Bear, I think I probably would have won a bunch of World Series, too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But uh, we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. So you don't know if he was lucky or good or a little bit of both, but... Yeah, it's hard to say when you couldn't watch... You know, you can't watch Joe McCarthy manage every yeah. day. You know, it's a little little tough, but, you know, stats speak for themselves with, with how much you win. Sure. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal as a manager. You know, you know, it's like you said with Dusty Baker. As good as he is, he hasn't gotten over the hump, unfortunately. So, you know, all these guys take a little precedent. You know, they, they got over the hump. Sure. You know, one one yeah, way or another. Like 15 times somebody's or, Yeah, Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that's our manager list. Uh, some good names on there, obviously. I don't think there's anyone we overlooked personally, you know, in our honorable mentions or whatever. But there's a lot out there that you could obviously make a case for, I think. There's probably some, some guys that maybe won a World Series or were there uh, with some really good teams and just never made it, like you said with, with Dusty Baker. Uh, so let's move on next to the uniforms list, which I was I love the most making this list. I, th- I think uniforms. There's a lot of fun uniforms out there. There's a lot of good ones, a lot of bad ones. Um, there's some there's some ugly ones, but um, White Sox were talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> but we're we're kind of going with this. Uh, we went with like a, a uniform that wasn't a one off thing. You know, the the White Sox uh, softball uniforms oh are God. iconic. That's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst they ever did. Yeah. So like, let's just. Let's fuck this right up. Yeah, let's yeah, let's just ruin everything. Yeah. No, but so we went with uniforms that are generally either were were with a team for a little while or have been brought back or are kind of part of a team's you know uh, history in one way or another. Not one that like we said just kind of was a one off thing and it was it was gone. So a lot of these like, you're you're no gonna say retro. Yeah, uh, like the vest with the backwards hat. None of those jerseys were like they wore it once. Yeah, yeah. Like, these ones they wore and they 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 wear they do. They do still wear, they wore, or, you know, they used to wear it a lot, whatever. It's It's got longevity. You've seen them more than once. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these I, I do have, like, uh, were at one point where they're, were their jerseys or they've brought them back in some capacity. A lot of times they do throwback games. So I'll start it out with my four honorable mentions. I have my first honorable mention is the Braves, uh, the 70s, like Hank Aaron throwbacks that they are wearing again. And obviously the one that Hank Aaron wore when he broke, the home run record, I think those are great. The little kind of lowercase a on the on the hat, it looks great. Uh, below that, or well, it's honorable mention, so there's no particular order, but below on my list, I should say. Uh, Montreal Expos, particularly the Baby Blues. I think the Montreal Expos uniforms are awesome. Uh, the Baby Blues in particular, I, I'm a sucker for anything that's like a little baby blue or powder blue, as you'll see in my top ten list. So I think the Montreal Expos look great. After that, the White Sox pinstripes, uh, they're kind of general home uniforms. I, I love pinstripes, and, and I think that they look great, and I think they've kind of always looked great. Even the if you go back and look at the Black Sox uniform, they have that kind of that same similar look, uh, so I think they look good. And just a, a, my last one, just to throw out there, I like the Angels uniform, the home uniform. I, I You know, 
the California Angels look I always kind of like too with the C and the A and the Halo. Halo on the top. Yeah, so a little shout out to them, to those two. With the the wings on the... Yeah, Yeah, the Angels always kind of had a good uniform. So I I do like this one they have now that, uh, like, I think a trout wearing it, the white and the red. That was what, the Anaheim Angels and the California Angels? Yeah. And then became the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they they changed a million times. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, like this, just a shout out to the Angels, maybe even... Just most of their, they always make good uniform choices, I think. Well, not 100%, but they're pretty up there. Um, so to start out my top 10, I got the uh, kind of 70s, 80s athletics, you know, neon green, yellow, kind of. Some mustachio men. Yeah, like it was something you'd picture Ricky Henderson and Raleigh Fingers in, uh, something like that. Uh, you know, I can't give a specific year. Because uh, I would just I just wrote down Raleigh Fingers era. Seventies, I believe it was really for the most part, and they yeah. still do wear these. Yeah, that's the thing is they yellow. yeah they bring them back. So I, I really do like those. I like a lot of the athletics uniforms. Number nine, I got the Brewers, the pinstripes, like kind of what you'd see Robin Yount wearing, kind of like eighties, uh, nineties. They, they even wear them still um, with the with the glove with the ball in it. Yeah, I think fantastic the, logo. Yeah, ice cream about it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it, it's, it's fantastic. I, I love. I just love the Brewers uh, whole thing they got going with that pin. So you'll see a, a consistency with the, the pinstripe uh, <laughs> list here. Uh, no, Raid right above it, like I said, uh, is the Phillies throwback pinstripe uniforms that, you know, you'd see Mike Schmidt wear with the big uh, kind of 80s looking P that they had on the uniform. Uh, they still do bring that back quite a bit. Uh, quite a bit. I believe, uh, you know, I, I always kind of envision like uh, Bryce Harper wearing a throwback one. I believe he, he had like yeah. a big hit in one or something like that. The Grand uh, Slam, I think, right? Was it the one off, off uh, what's his name? What's that lefty's name? He hit it off of. But I know what you're talking about. I, I can't, can't remember. Think of his name. I can't remember his name. Dutch oven, his name on Twitter is. I just I don't know why I always think of that. Derek Holland. Yep, there you go. See? <laughs> it would trigger something. Um, all right. <laughs> Where am I at? Yeah. <laughs> all right, number seven. I got above that uh, the Cardinals powder blue. Uh, which is kind of their regular uniform. It's just a powder blue uh, tint to it, but it's their same uh, design. I love the powder blue. I just think it looks great. The Cardinals uniform looks great. It looks great on the players. I think it doesn't look too cartoony, the powder blue, but it, it still it looks very professional, but it still like, it looks like they're having fun. You know, It's, just, it's a cool look to it. Uh, right above that at number six is the Cubs uh, kind of home unis. Uh, in particular, they're, they're more like throwback look with like the Ernie Banks look. No, I just love the, the Cubs pinstripe. I always thought the Cubs had a great uniform. They haven't really changed it too, too much. You know, they make it more modern with the times, but it does, I think it still looks good. Uh, number five, I got the Pirates. We are family look with the conductor hats and the stripes <laughs> and uh, the Willie Stargell look that you'd see in like the late 70s. They did bring it back uh, a few times. I think they still do bring it back oh, yeah. from time to time. I think McCutcheon had it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I always think. I, I think of McCutcheon having it. But I'm not sure exactly when or why they bring it back. Maybe it's an anniversary of that team or something. Uh, but I, I love I love that whole look. Uh, above that, at number four, I have the Astros when they were the Colt 45s. I just love, in particular, the hat with the the point .45. It's like it almost looks like it was it was like someone fired a gun and, and put it on there. It almost it looks very fine and official, and it almost it has that like Western look to it. I don't know. There's something about it that I always liked. Um, it's how they started out. It was what they were going to be until they became the Astros at Astrodome and all that crap. But they they have brought it back. I believe I, there were there was some pictures I seen with uh, Bagwell and, and Biggio wearing them. Um, I don't know if they've brought them back recently. You know, with the the you know a lot of companies like to distance themselves from any gun stuff. So I don't know if they'll bring it back or if they've ever brought it back in the modern era. But I would love if they did. So at number three, I got the Mets home unis, but in particular the 1986 look. 
um, with the, the kind of thicker pinstripe, the, the blue and orange. Um, I always imagine like Daryl Strawberry and those guys wearing them. Uh, just a great look. Uh, I do like the current uh, home jerseys, but like I said, in particular, the 1986 ones, I always look a lot. And whenever they bring them back, I do like that look. Uh, number two, I got the Dodgers home unis, uh, post Brooklyn Dodgers, like the LA Dodgers, that, that Dodger blue, I think really pops. I think it's very iconic. It's very simple. The white and blue, you kind of always, when you see it, you know, it's the Dodgers. It's, it's, there's something about it that I always thought was very official, very baseball about it. It felt like a major league uniform to me. And then at number one, uh, uh, to no surprise, uh, is the Yankee pinstripes, the, their home unis that they've had since the thirties. They're just so good looking. Um, I think that they're the most iconic baseball uniform. I think that they may be one of the most iconic pro sports uniforms. You know, you see Yankee pinstripes, you see the Yankee logo, you know what it is. Um, it's an international, you know, uh, look, I know a lot of Japanese players like, you know, like the Yankees cause it kind of is, is important in their culture and important in, in how the, the game got grown in, in Japan. So it's just, uh, you know, maybe it is a little biased cause I do see it like every day when I watch baseball, but, uh, I think that the Yankee legitimately, I do think the Yankee uniform is, is fantastic. And it's a very professional, uh, good looking uniform. So sure. that's my top 10, uh, with my four honorable mentions. So I'll kick it over to Frank and he can give, uh, his opinion on some of these uniforms. Sure. Yeah. I think we have some, uh, repetitive ones here, but, um, they're all, they're all great ones. My first honorable mention I got is the Royals powder, powder blue with the George Brett, you know, um, kind of like the, seemed like the birth of the powder blues, kind of the Royals. Next one, I got the Cubs pinstripe. Just seems, you know, just that's how it is. So that's it. <laughs> that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one, I got the Mets pinstripe as well. The 86 with the thick two pinstripes on the side. Just kind of looked, you know, the Gary Carter look. Yep. You know, just kind of fit everything going on over there. Uh, the next one, I got the Phillies pinstripe where they had the white with the red pinstripe down it. Yep. The big you know, cartoonish kind of P that you were talking about. Yep. Those I always really liked. I mean, I really like the blue ones as well, but the pinstripe one really was really cool. Next one, the Colt 45s has the, you know, the gun shooting the Colt 45s on the, on the, on the front. Another honorable mention I got is just pretty much any of the Rockies jerseys, the purple, the black, the, the pinstripe ones. They have like the vest ones. They all just look, they're cool. The yeah. black and purple just kind of flow together nice. So mm-hmm. it looks cool. Um, my last honorable mention is the 75 Indians where it was the white pants, the red top, and it had like the Indians written across the you know, the chest, yep. it was the bright red. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they had the Chief Wahoo at the time and, and the, the blue and red hat. It just looked really cool. I believe Oscar Gamble was there when they wore it, I believe. I think you're right. But number 10 I like to, uh, like to get into um, is the Mariners original. They're pretty much the Seattle Pilot ones, but they're a little less cartoonish. Yeah. But like kind of like the uh, they had like a white and a pinstripe and the the, the yellow M, lowercase M. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had like the baby blue with the dark blue sleeves. That was the Mariners, like, original uniforms. Those were always really cool. Number nine, any of the Florida Marlins, the Florida Marlins ones. Yeah. The the white, and then they had the, the, the black hat with the teal brim, uh, the Marlin logo going through. The F, it was just really cool uniforms, pinstriped, the black with the Marlin across. You know, you see Dontrell Willis wearing them. Yeah. Um, yep. They were always really cool. And pretty much any of the Florida Marlin ones were really cool. That's why I hated to see that kind of go. <laughs> Number eight, I got the Orioles, 1971, orange on orange. The orange... Jersey orange pants. They wore it once when Showalter was there. He hated them, mm. so he never brought, brought them back. But um, in the '71, they wore them. It was orange on orange, and they were just they were just looked really clean. It was you know it's, you think it's a lot of orange. It just looked real nice. Yeah, smooth. Boom. This looks nice. I know what you mean. Yeah. Number seven, you mentioned the, the A's. 
the seventies at the the highlighters, essentially the mm. yellow, the Colonel Musters with the yellow on yellow with the green sleeves, or the green with the yellow. They just it's the ace. Yeah, yeah, they're that's just, they're just really they're like nasty colors, mm. but they just look right. Yeah, when there's you, something about when it. When you doctor them up nice and you put them together, they flow nice. Yeah. But you just think separate, like they're just nasty-looking colors almost, really. Yeah. And it's like a highlighter. Mm. But they really nailed it with those. Number six, I got the Cardinals Powder Blue that you mentioned. I also have like a slash here, and they're also just their current uniforms. You know, with the yellow bat across, and it says St. Louis, you say Cardinals, and it had the birds on it. Just cool. The logo was fantastic. And the red, Cardinals red is just, I don't think anyone else, that's just a specific red. Yeah, it's like you say, Dodger blue. It's cardinal red. Just looks, just looks nice. It's very true. You almost could want to carry that red every, everywhere. Put it on everything. It's just that's a special cardinal red. So I always like those. Number five, one of my favorite jerseys. People didn't like them because they were just too simple. I have a 1983 White Sox jerseys, and they wear it. I believe every Sunday afternoon game they wear them. And yeah. that's the white jerseys with the red and blue, and it just says socks across. Um, it looks like North Carolina, I believe. College has the same uniforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They're just very nice. They're, they're simplistic, but they're just smooth. The red and white, a couple spots, and just, boom, socks. That's it. Like, that's what we do. Number four, I got the Astros Rainbow. I think it was from 82, 93. They had a couple different versions, but orange, yellow, just the rainbow. Little Ryan, yep. those guys. Uh, Mike Scott, those guys wore them. They were just really, really cool. They stuck out. So I was like seeing those. Number three, of course, any of the Expos. Any of them. The blue yeah. jerseys, the black ones, the white pinstripe ones, any of them. The gray ones that said Montreal across mm-hmm. the front, any of those were, were really nice. Yeah. I always like those. Number two, of course, come on. We are family. The bright yellow, the Willie Stargels, yellow pants, yellow, the conductor hat, because those hats weren't just hats. They were weird conductor hats with the stripes across. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No one ever made a hat like that. No one ever make a hat like that. They were stupid looking, but they were perfect with the uniforms. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, to even go with that, you could put a little slash. The Pirates pinstripes with the conductor hat they used to wear, too. They were, those were really cool, too. They were like a creamish white, almost. Like an mm. offset white, but they had the pinstripe. They were really cool, too. Um, and number one, even though it's really nothing crazy like the other ones here, Yankees pinstripe, and just because it's it's longevity from, from 1936, I believe, just all the time. And it's really, it's iconic. You know, you see it, you know it already. Yeah. And then all these teams kind of repeated it with the pinstripe. They started it, and everyone else jumps in because pinstripes just they let's go good, especially with baseball uniforms. Yeah, they just kind of flow nice, so they kind of started a trend. So that's kind of why I got them on there as number one. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not a big like pinstripe suit guy. Like, I, w- I don't know if I'd wear like a suit pinstripes. I'm don't knock it till you try it. Maybe I put one on and I love it, but I, you know, suits to me it doesn't look quite good. But a lot of kind of baseball uniform, there's something about it that looks a little professional. I always you see with my list how many. Let me see how many pinstripe uniforms I had on my list out of ten. I had one, two, I guess the We Are Family, you could kind of throw that in there. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. I had like six out of ten. I had yeah. pinstripes. And I got, you know, four or five of them here that had pinstripe ones, so. Yeah, there's a there's a theme. I mean, they, they all. Powder blues. Yeah, they, they look good. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I always liked pinstripes on a uniform. It's sure. just It just goes. All right, well, that's uh, that's the first two that we got. So the last two we got here are stadiums and mascots. Stadiums and mascots, I had a little trouble ranking because, you know, I haven't been to every stadium. Uh, there's a lot of old stadiums that it's hard to kind of get the vibe of the old stadium because you couldn't have been there. You know, a lot of them didn't have lights. So, it was, you know, it was just such a different age back then. A lot of these current stadiums I would like to go to but haven't. So it's hard for me to judge. Like, you know, I, we've been to Camden Yards, Yankee Stadium, how many times? We could judge them up and down, but we haven't been to, say, you know, Colorado. So it's hard to judge 
but I did the best I could with, you know, stadiums I thought were, were nice looking just even from, you know, see them on TV and stuff. And same with the mascots. Like, you don't get to experience every mascot. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a weird, it's like, oh, I, I've hung out with all 30 mascots. Like, okay, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll start off with my top 10 stadiums here. My honorable mentions are Polo Grounds, Petco Park, uh, Truist Park, which is the new Braves one. It used to be SunTrust and Target Field. Uh, Polo Grounds, uh, I, I like, I love the design of it, love the history of it. Um, I just kept it in the honorable mentions just because, uh, you know, uh, it's hard for me to imagine a game there just because it's, it's obviously way before our time. I couldn't have been there. I wish I could have. A lot, a lot of iconic stuff has happened there, but it's just, uh, I, I, I guess I went more with the more modern parks in my top 10, if that makes any sense. That's just kind of the way I, I pegged it. Uh, Petco would love to go to San Diego just in general, so I would love to go to Petco Park. Uh, Truist Park, it's a new park. I'm sure it's got a lot of nice bells and whistles. It looks great on TV, so I'd like to go there. Target Field, uh, I consistently see in, like, the top five of, like, best ballparks to go to, so I'm curious as, like, what's going on there. Because on the TV, it doesn't look... Not that it looks bad, because every ballpark looks great, well, except maybe one, but... <laughs> and I think you know what I'm talking about. But, I mean, Target Field, it doesn't look... It's not one I'd, like, run to, if it makes any sense. So I keep seeing that it's it's like a top five one to visit. So maybe hopefully soon we can we can make a trip out there. Uh, but number ten I got on here is Progressive Field. Uh, I think that park is a little uh, little underrated. It, it's it's big. It's in a good spot in Cleveland. Uh, you know, along the same street as uh, you know the Brown Stadium. I think that you know the Indians got a great team. I think that the you know the dimensions of it are are. are not super hitter friendly, but not super pitcher friendly. It's a, it's kind of got a nice balance, and I think the Cleveland unique. brings huh? It's unique. Yeah, it's it is. Wall, but you know, it's not big. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 got its own thing going on, uh, and I think the fan base at Cleveland. I think when that place gets rocking, I think it's 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 a cool environment. I think they have the longest streak for most sellouts. I think they have the record. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the, I mean, Cleveland loves their you know, and they at this point are long deserved of a World Series because they they got the longest streak now, right? Yeah, and just to throw it in quickly. The easiest stadium I've ever been parking in now. <laughs> it was like, here you go, here's your parking, and it, same, game's over, boom, we're out, we're on the highway, no traffic. Yeah, it was. It's the easiest one I've ever been to. Yeah, we did have a nice, easy experience there. Maybe that helps it a little bit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right above that, number nine, City Field. Believe it or not, we live uh, in the shadow of New York, and we've never been to City Field, but I have heard nothing but good things about City Field. Uh, on TV, it looks great. New York fans, obviously, are unique. They're uh, very... Energetic, obviously. You know, you go to a, a, you say, you know, 2015 at City Field with the Mets. I'm sure it was it was popping, but you know, I haven't been to it yet, so I can't fully judge it. But it does look it looks nice on TV. I've heard nothing but good things. Right above that, uh, and a controversial pick probably for a lot of people. Number eight, I got Fenway. You know, opposite to City Field, I've heard kind of nothing but bad things about Fenway. I've heard that it's not really player friendly. I heard the clubhouse and stuff are real small because it's it's old. It's admittedly old. And squeeze in. And it's very yeah, like uh, you know the seats I heard are the whole setup of it is old. Get behind the um, posts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I always imagine. I always imagine I'll sit behind the pole, knowing my luck. Yeah. But I mean, you can't deny the iconic uh, green monster. You can't you know the iconic red seat out. You know Ted Williams is kind of a thing out there in in right field. Um, the dimensions of it are wacky. They're weird. They're not um, real. They're, yeah, they're just... They're not right. Whatever it says in those walls aren't right. Yeah, because... So it doesn't matter what they put there. Yeah, because, you know, 
the green monster is about two feet from home plate. So yeah. it used to be like um, 280 and now it's 310. So yeah. when did it grow 30 feet? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So I don't know what they did there, but yeah, no, right. I, I, uh, I know that a lot of people would probably put Fenway like top four, probably top three and that's because part of, it, and, part of the thing too with the Red Sox, if you ever become a Red Sox player, you're not allowed to ask and you're not allowed to measure it. Really? Home plate to the wall. Really? It's like a rule. You're not allowed to do it. Cause okay. It's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and pesky poles about literally a foot away from the fucking plate too. So yeah, you got left left field, right field. You could just hit a pop fly over. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fenway. I do want to go to. I'm not gonna sit here and act like it's not a historic park. It's been there for how long? I mean, hundred and some odd years. Even though it's changed multiple times, um, I would like to go there. It's just like I said. I've heard kind of nothing but bad things. Even people that went there, they're like, eh, it's not that. It's it's the historic nature of it. I would like to go there because I could yeah. say I went to Fenway. Yeah, and Babe Ruth was there, and everybody was there. Yeah, it's almost yeah, it's 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 part of baseball history, no matter which way you slice it. Uh, number seven above that is a stadium. Uh, is one of my top stadiums I want to go to is AT and T Field or now Oracle Park. Uh, I just think it looks so nice there. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, a Covey Cove out there, the bottle and the glove uh, they had out there. It's just iconic, iconic. Yeah. just iconic look. I'm sure the San Francisco crowd, you know, when the, when the team's uh, real good, is uh, is is awesome. I'm sure they got a great vibe there. Uh, it just looks fun, uh, and you know, we're we're East Coast guys, so we would like to see the West Coast at some point. So it's always an allure to go out there and see the West Coast. Above that, at number six, a park that we actually did go to, PNC Park. Uh, just a fantastic, beautiful looking stadium. I mean, when you see pictures of PNC Park, it always looks perfect. You know, when you see like a nice daytime game at PNC Park, yeah. it's like it's like perfect. It fits both the daytime, nighttime. Yeah, no idea, but boy, that's that's that city skyline back there. Yeah, and there was the water. They got the bush right there. It says Pirates. It says PNC. Fantastic. Yeah, very good stadium. And you got the you got the bridge out there too. You can see. I mean, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's a great park to go to if you get the chance. Uh, right above that, number five, Dodger Stadium. Uh, one of my personal uh, top parks to go to. Another kind of kind of historic, not quite like Fenway, obviously, uh, but it's been around a while. It's been changed a few times. You know, L.A. is, uh, you know, there's a lure to go to L.A., something like that. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Dodger fan, like, uh, you know, not Dodger fan per se, but like a, uh, I, I would root for the Dodgers if, if, if they are in it. But uh, I do like the Dodgers. Oh. I like the stadium. Get out of here. <laughs> no, uh, I, I like the stadium. Uh, I've heard kind of mixed things about it. I've heard that it's it's kind of like, oh, it's an old stadium, so it's not quite what you expect. But I've heard it's that it's cool to, to have. renovating it. Yeah, that last couple of years, these couple of years are supposed to be renovating it to increase it, but it's just, it's a stadium. It's just there. It's like, yeah. we play baseball, we go home. Yeah. Fenway, Which, same way as Fenway and, you know, some of these old stadiums, it was like, we go and then you go home. Yeah. It's, there's, no, it, there's no playing around. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's the stadium. You're here to watch baseball and that's it. Which some, you know, like some Shea. people, uh, yeah, Shay, well, park a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have it on here. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I would like to go to Dodger Stadium. Uh, number four above that, one of my favorite ballparks we ever went to, and I, you know, I do high, hold it in like high esteem. I don't know if there's many ballparks I would go to that would uh, top it. Is Great American, oh. um, just a great uh, looking stadium, great like spot great it's American in. Ballpark. Yeah, Great American <laughs> ballpark. I mean, what are you gonna say? You know, it, it's a cool field. You got the boat out in center. You got the you got the river behind you. You got a you know, you got the skyline. If you're sitting in a certain part, you kind of got the city there. It's in a good spot in the city. You know, it didn't, wasn't much to, to get to. I mean, it's just uh cool uh, Cincinnati fans. We went to a cub game, a Reds Cubs game. So it was a really cool energy there. Day game. Yeah. Which really fits that stadium. 
Yeah. The building in the background, the Great American Insurance building who owns it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Awesome. It's it's a great park to go to if you get the chance. A home and, of baseball, really. That's what yeah. it is. You mm-hmm. walk there and you're, you're at a day game in Cincinnati. You're like, this is how it, this is how it was 300 years ago when they were playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you know, right. 1800 when they were starting this game. It was like, this is what they wanted, and that's what we got. Yeah, it just <laughs> it just feels like baseball there, and I love it. Um, I would love to go back there if we can, if we get a chance to. I would definitely like to. Right above that, though, at number three, uh, Camden Yards, which is like the second most you know, stadium I've been to, the second most. I, I love Camden Yards. I love being there. Every time I'm there, I love being there. Um, you got the warehouse in the back, and you got, you know, all the statues, and, and you know, Utah Street just by itself is awesome. It's in a, a better part of Baltimore, I would yeah, say. the harbor's right there. Yeah, so it's in a nice spot. It's not too bad to get to. And, you know, when, when the, we went there when the Orioles were really good, when they were kind of maybe even pushing for a World Series at points. And the crowd there was was excited. They were all about it. Um, dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> always a sense of danger around the corner. Uh, but I love Camden Yards, and, and uh, it is definitely it is my top three park. It's it's number three. Uh, number two, a uh, park I have, we have not been to yet, but uh, just unbelievable nonetheless, whether I'm there or not, is Wrigley. Just, I, I don't know if it maybe even gets more iconic with the stadium. Maybe there's there's a few other ones, but, like, I mean, Wrigley, like, everyone wants to go to Wrigley. You know, and if you live in Chicago, it, it, it's probably awesome that you get to, well, you know, their side of Chicago. It's probably awesome to go to. You know, it, just the, the iconic sign out front, uh, the ivy, the cages, uh, the seats kind of on the buildings. You know, you kind of see, like, people can watch from the buildings. Uh, uh, the Cubs themselves, uh, the, the history with them, and, and them finally getting the World Series after how long? 108 years. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a such a great stadium, and I've, I'm sure it's got an amazing vibe there, especially when they were. I can't imagine 2016 when they were good. Uh, I can't. Uh, go Cubs, go! Yeah, it must have been. It must have been absolutely insane. Uh, but number my number one park, maybe it's it's bias. It probably actually it yes. is bias because because okay <laughs> because um it, it wouldn't it probably wouldn't be on uh like if you're just a baseball observer, you, all 30 teams you don't necessarily have a favorite. This wouldn't be on your on your top 10 probably because it's not a really a, a fan fan favorable park but yankee stadium i have number one i mean just the vibe i get at yankee stadium is unlike any i ever you know park i've ever stepped in even though it's the new one it still feels you still feel like you're part of big history and it's also you know not for nothing but you know we saw some iconic moments there i saw jeter's 3000 there we were at the most recent fan last home playoff game their their last home playoff game the ones with fans um yes which was one of my favorite baseball moments of all time i I was there for mario Rivera day jeter day you know so there's a lot of memories to yankee stadium attached to that too so i you know for me personally it's just i get you know the feeling i get walking yankee stadium is kind of unlike any park and that's just it just comes with me being a yankee fan it's just kind of the emotion i get out of it so that's just how i feel about it i know it's not generally fan favorable you know pricey and um there's blind spots in the stadium and getting there's it's new york so it's a pain in the ass so you know there it does have its downsides but just uh, when you're finally there and you're sitting in the stands uh, to me as a yankee fan it's just that nothing touches it so that's just me personally but that's my top 10 um so i'll throw it over to frank he can give his yeah you went a little bit more modern i just went really all in all like to throw in you know get obviously you can get some old stadiums so Mm. uh some of my mentions are sportsman park you know the home of the cardinals with that scoreboard in left field the very iconic scoreboard they had in left field Mm -hmm. Then you have uh, Griffith Stadium, 
with the big wall in center and right field, and they're all corkscrewed, and the bullpen's out live, and yeah, what a mess of a stadium. Yeah, incline it, left field, ten foot incline up the wall. Oh, yeah, it is a mess. It's just that's just old baseball. So the next one, Crosley Field, another really old field. You know, just these are all just fantastic. You got a uh, next one, Bush Stadium. Um, either one, they're both very similar. The new one just looks looks awesome. It, it just it pops. The yeah, old Bush Stadium kind of you know was old. The new one just pops. The colors are there. The, the arch, I mean, it's perfect in the back. Either one is good. I think the newer one might be a little bit better, but I just want to put Bush Stadium because they're both fine. Next, Oracle Park, AT&T, whatever you want to consider out in San Francisco, McCovey Cove. It gets nighttime. It's like seven degrees there, kind of like Candlestick was. Just that's a real iconic stadium with the glove and the, the Coke bottle, and uh, this looks really cool to go to. Next one, Comiskey Park, because the White Sox played there forever. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a very cool stadium. Everyone still calls their new stadium or newer stadium Comiskey Park because it's just that's where they play. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So, and the last one, Forbes Field. It's a very, very simple, kind of had eye view, just a brick wall. There's like no fans in the outfield, but it was just, again, just show up baseball and then the history there. It's very cool, very yeah. cool. Number 10, of course, the seventh wonder of the world, eighth wonder of the world, the Astrodome. Yeah. Had to put that on there. Still open. Still goes. Just you can't. There's nothing there. So yeah. It's just it's there though. It, it's there to look the at. Greatest. You know, it's the first. You know, domed stadium. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, did they go all out for that at the time? Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. Had to put that on there. Uh, number nine, PNC Park. We already talked about. That's fantastic. The city right there. It just it just looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It just looks and you kind of see the steel and you know steel city just just goes together. Um, number eight, Camden Yards. Oh, what else can you say? Utah Street. Uh, the, the the beginning of the modernization of stadiums. That's the first one. People seen that stadium they're like, okay, we need a new one. Mm-hmm. Like you just got one thirty years ago or twenty years ago. Nope, need a new one. Yeah, they yeah. started it. They started the revolution, and it's been going ever since. Uh, number seven, Great American Ballpark. That's the best stadium I've ever been to. It's the be- it's the best with the, with the the building in the background. It's just it's perfect. Water right there. It's just a great a great stadium. Uh, you know, some things you can see is you know, they said uh, you could have. Opened it up a little bit more so you can just kind of see the city and see the skyline a little bit more. That's the only thing people really kind of complain about. Yeah. But it's just a great stadium. Smokestacks, the boat. It's just, oh, it is it, awesome. It goes great. Number six, Fenway. It's just, it's it's a dump. I mean, it is. But I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. It's just, you know, you got stuck there and you made your stadium and you had to be there. And it's just iconic, though. You got to go when Babe Ruth was there and Ted Williams. And they did their best to keep up with it. It's just, it's more of the, it's Fenway. Then, like, that's a nice stadium. But they built the things around it, the bars, the street. It, they really docked it up as much as they could without changing the stadium. Yeah. So you got to give them the credit there. That's a good point. Um, and center field used to be that original wall in the back behind those seats. That used to be the original part of the wall. So if you could imagine how far that stadium oh, was yeah. with, with a 40-foot wall, the monster, that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Number five, Ebbets Field. Kind of people, they tried building around. Like they tried other stadiums tried matching Ebbets Field mm-hmm. with the kind of outside look and it was like a you know it wasn't just like you're going to the field for for a game anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like a like a night out kind of thing. That's what Ebbets Field was. Mm-hmm. Kind of turned that the mantra to say hey, go to the ballpark and go watch a game today. Mm-hmm. It's like now this is like a day out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know the the facade kind of thing behind outside. It was just really you know really cool um, look to it. Yeah, definitely. Number four, Tiger Stadium. The idea you can hit over. Out of the stadium, the, the things overhung. It was kind of a dark stadium, it kind of seemed like, but it was just it's really cool the stories I could tell there. It's just, ah, this is legendary. Yeah, agreed. Um, and, and stadiums kind of try duplicating that kind of, that you know, that feeling. And Minnesota, 
Like you said, Target Field kind of did that with the little overhang. Yeah, yeah. So that's true. Uh, teams kind of tried doing that. Number three, I got the old Yankee Stadium. Reason for that is because the new one is is cool, not fan favorite, really like fan friendly. But the old one had that mystique. You yeah. Babe Ruth was oh, here. Yeah. The black seats, you know, no one hit it out, and you got the empty gap that made no sense there, and you know, right field, and um, it just it was it had that legend. The new stadium obviously looks better. It's clean. It's, it pops, but doesn't have that legend. The yeah. old one was like it, it's falling apart, but it's got the legend. Babe Ruth was here. You know, everyone was here. Yeah. Like Fenway, that you know that kind of idea. Mm. That's why I got I put the original. We're not really it doesn't have to be the original, you know, dimensions, but just old Yankee Stadium. Yeah, before from, 09. Yeah, before the new stadium. So mm. the old one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a shame that they have to tear some of the stadiums down. That's what really bothers you. Yeah. Some of them they do great though. They put home plate. They leave some stuff there. They kind of leave a stadium. Yankees, they kind of build like a little league fields there, so there's still fields. It's just a shame they have to tear some of them down. Yeah. Well, obviously for good reason for some of them, but yeah. Because otherwise you'll have Astrodomes and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. um, number two, Wrigley Field, original Wrigley Field, before the scoreboard, before the bells and whistles, because that's not Wrigley. Mm-hmm. You know, well, the lights are fine, but being able to watch from the other side of the street is the point. So I really like Wrigley Field, but I liked it before they did the additions. I have obviously made it, cleaned it up, and had to do the additions, but um, the bullpen's on the side of the field. That Wrigley Field was was the one I really like, because it's, yeah. it's, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. And number one, polo grounds. The dimensions are off the charts. Oh, yeah. It's like five feet this left field, five feet to center uh, right field. Center field's 590 feet. There's no fence. There's just a parking lot because like, you're not hitting it out there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Willie Mays catch. Uh, I think it had – it was home to four different teams throughout mm-hmm. the years. I think it has the most games played. I think it had the most playoff games played. I mean, it's just iconic. And then in any video game, everyone wants to play polo grounds because it's a mess. Bullpens in left center and right center because that's like 600 feet out there. It's just a fantastic stadium. Yeah. I, I love polo grounds, and I wish I could see it. I wish yeah. I kept that around because that's just, wow. I agree. Yeah, I wish I could have even just taken at bat at polo grounds. It would be cool just to be able to hit yeah. one out at two feet to left field. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just walk on the field. You just wish it was still there. Like, you could have just put, like, the – almost put the baseball hall of fame in there. Just like, yeah. that's, that's it. Yeah. It's polo grounds. It's just like, that's, Oh, they played football there. It just, it was, ah, oh, it's just something different. Yeah. The yeah. Overhang. You could hit it out of the stadium. You could hit 300 feet out of the stadium. Mm. Now left field lines and right field lines. It's just, ah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I know. It, it, it's a great stadium. It, it, it's got a lot of history behind it. Like I said, I wish we could visit it or we could have gone there, but obviously it's, it's quite a, a time ago. Yeah. Uh, so, you like know, obviously, old, old Yankee Stadium. When you know you, you learn that they're tearing it down, you're just it's just like a a punch to you. You're yeah, like, oh, you just wish they could keep it, but obviously you can't. Most of the time, yeah, you the, can't. But yeah, there's the, you have sh- to make sacrifices. Yeah, on, unfortunately. it's just a shame, but it's that's what it comes to. But some of the stadiums you just wish they could have kept. Polo grounds, yeah. obviously, one there they should should have kept. I think that's but, why you know for what Fenway is, you do appreciate it while we got it. You know, God forbid one day that I don't think they would. But say I that can. I was gonna say I don't have the space. First of all, also <laughs> yeah. just knock it down and rebuild it. But that's just stupid. Yeah, at that point, then you're just gonna piss everyone off. So, yeah. but yeah, you just and appreciate. Boston, Boston fans are understanding, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they'll they'd be fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, them the Philly fans, they should be fine. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't burn the whole city down. No, 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 they'd be fine. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our last one here. We got mascots. Uh, like I kind of said earlier, it's 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 a little tough because you you don't. You know, get the personal interaction with mascots is always different than ah, than that's what you think. Than you know, looking <laughs> at them. But there are some mascots that I do want to uh, I do see on TV and see clips of, and they're just hilarious. Close but there is Marcus. there is one on here that we have a personal interaction with, and that's the reason he's on here is because he was hilarious when it's, we seen him. 
There is one new one in a different sport that really rocked the world. Like, oh Rocky. yeah, he's oh, fantastic. That oh, one's yeah. just a big goofball. I know. I love it. I love gritty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's fantastic. <laughs> uh, but to start out my honorable mentions, I have Stomper for the A's, the elephant. He's he just looks funny. He he goes with that whole elephant aesthetic that the A's have. He's he's it's a original. Cool, yeah, it is. It's it's like OG. You know, he he obviously you know all the mascots get updates to their outfit, but uh, it's just that look is is iconic uh, for the A's for A's fans. Uh, then after him, I got Slugger for the Royals, the Lion. Uh, you know when they were you know a few years ago when they were really good and they and they made yeah. that World Series run, he was really big and and you could you know on when you'd dugout, watch games, yeah. he was on the dugout, he's he running around. More. Yeah, he yeah you could you could see him really getting involved in kind of everything. So I thought he was always cool. Uh, after that, I got Fred Bird for the Cardinals. Uh, um, I, you know, I don't really see too many clips with him. Um, so I don't, you know, personality-wise, I don't know where he's at. Um, I'm sure he's hilarious, but... Like, like, Yeah, it's Fredbird. <laughs> um, so that's why I kind of kept him off, because I was like, I'm not sure where he... You know, I'm sure if we went to a Cardinals game, I'm sure he'd be hilarious. But like I said, it's just uh, the other guys, I don't have as much exposure with him, so I didn't want to... I felt unfair kind of ranking him uh, if I didn't really know much about him. But he, uh, I like his look. That's why I did have him. I have to have him on honorable mention. He, he's just a cool look. Sure. Um, then after him, I have pause for the Tigers. You know, again, I don't know too, too much about him, but I like his look. I think that if the, you know, well, the Tigers were good, like, uh, it's going on, you know, what, eight years ago, something like that. They were, they were re- like real, real good with Verlander and Scherzer and all them. You know, the, you, you've seen him around, but he wasn't quite as out there like Slugger was or some of these other mascots. Um, but, you know, just having the Tiger for, for the Tigers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's simple. Uh, and it, I think it just works. Uh, number 10, to start off my list, I got Screech, who I see like at the bottom of like every mascot list for some reason. I guess he's just not that great, but we personally have an interaction with him that is just hilarious. Um, I think we I, we might have even told the story before, but uh, um, yeah, he's just he, the, the eagle for the Nationals is just funny for, for us personally. I don't know if other people think I'm funny. Number nine above him, I got Lucille. Frank told me his full name. It's like Luigi Francisco. Uh, yeah, I seen Luigi Francisco Seal. Luigi Francisco Seal. I just put Lucille because I just thought it was Lou. But okay, it's Luigi. Yeah. Um, he's the the Giants guy. I always like seeing him. He's got he had the rings on as the you know as the Giants went through those every other year World Series runs. He would add the rings to him, and he Sunrises. was always out there. Yeah, he always just looked funny. He looked cool. He looked like he would really get into it with the crowd. So I always kind of liked him. Uh, number eight, I got the Pirates parrot. Uh, another guy that you kind of always see out there get, pumping the crowd up. The green. He's a green, right? Yeah, he's a green. Green. Uh, got the black yeah, whatever on. Black jersey. Um, stands right out. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think I, I got him because he, he always stands out. He always seemed funny to me, and he reminds me of another mascot that is kind of around this area that he, you would see. So he always reminded me of him. He was really funny. So I just imagined him being really funny. <laughs> Above him at number seven, I got the green monster. Just a really clever idea for the Red Sox because what do you, you know, what do you have a big sock out there running around for the mascot? <laughs> yeah. So the green, having the, the green monster uh, is, a, is a good idea and he's he's kind of goofy looking, he's funny looking, he looks funny. I don't know how much, uh, you know, because, you know, I see the Red Sox play a lot so I don't know how much I really see him out there so I don't know what he's doing off to the side or whatever but I always thought he, he looked funny and he looked, he, he yeah. went with the, I thought the Red yeah. Sox making that their mascot is yeah, funny. Yeah, it was good. You know, it fits nice. Yeah. You can give them their credit for, for hitting it. Yeah, instead of just like I said, just having a sock. I don't know what yeah. the what the alternative would be. Yeah. Um, number six, you got Bernie Brewer, kind of with the, uh, I guess, kind of an inspiration from Robin. Yeah, uh, I look uh, just like him. Yeah, that's how I always thought of. Uh, <laughs> there's got to be some inspiration there. Um, having him go down the slide and doing the home run, the the, the umpire 
umpire call with the with signal, the finger yeah. the yeah the signal with the finger wagging around um him going down the slide I always thought was cool he used to go into the when they were the Bre- when the other stadium when they were the brewers uh they would have the um the big brew out there he would go into the brew now he just slides into a platform or whatever but i always thought that was funny he would go into the into the beer yeah. N- number 5 uh was is the fryer I just love I just love the way this dude looks. He looks hilarious. He's balding. He's just got a circle of hair on his head. Yeah, he looks um, like Elmer Fudd's like you know fun brother. Yeah. He looks like he's like, he's goofing around. Yeah, that's he just looks super goofy. I don't know. I don't even know how much he's even out there, but he just he looks, looks like so a funny. Character, yeah, he does. He, he does he looks look like, like Elmer Fudd. Yeah, big old chin and stuff. I, yeah. He just looks Smile hilarious. All time. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know. I makes no sense. And none of the Padres make sense. No, the no. whole franchise. Like I just don't get. The, I don't get where you get the colors from. The old ones, the blue and orange ones with the pinstripe, didn't get where you got that from. Mm. But the Friar, the Padres, like I don't. What is where? Why? Yeah, like what's yeah? What, like let's think of a team. The, the, the Padres. They just had a dartboard, and they were just like, "All right, let's see what what hits." Yeah, like, the Padres, what, what we... Friar. Here we go. Let's get it. Yeah, like yeah. what? Let's get Elmer Fudd. That's fine. Like <laughs> it, I, it just doesn't make sense. I know what you mean. It's just it's, but you gotta love him. It's off the wall weird, but yeah, oh yeah, I I would love to go to a game and see him because he's goofy. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, right above him at number four, I got the Oriole Bird. Um, you know, just kind of obviously simple. You're the Orioles, so you have an Oriole bird. Um, but he he's always kind of he's always out there. He's always involved with the crowd. I think you know when they were making those runs, and he just he, he was, looks nice. The mascot suit's just slick. You yeah, know, it does. Look, yeah, there is something about the mascot, the the uniform that uh, or the outfit that that looks good. Like it just, almost looks like it goes with everything. Yeah, you know. So there's that aspect to it. I just always thought he was fun, and he just went well with the park. So I always kind of liked it, and I've seen him a lot. So. Uh, number three, Mr. Met, about as simple as you can get. You just put a baseball <laughs> on a guy's head, and there he is. Yeah. Um, I always thought he was funny. Uh, I always thought he was uh, an iconic mascot. I think everyone kind of knows Mr. Met just because it's Mrs. Met now. Yeah, and Mrs. Met, or it's the and then you got the the guys with the Reds. They're like the, uh, they're yeah. baseball heads. I forget yeah. what they're called. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I didn't see them really on lists. Yeah, they're really kind of really simplistic. But that's like they might even have like the first mascot. Yeah, they're they're almost like the evil like genius Mr. Mets. Like they almost have that. They have like the crazy hair and like the, the hat on with the crazy mustache. I don't yeah, know. Like the monopoly guy mustache. Yeah. Glasses yeah. He's kind of like the monopoly guy, but I always like Mr. Matt. Uh, our buddy is Mr. Matt with his head. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> actually camp. We had him on here. Hopefully we get him back on soon, but, but uh, yeah, I always liked Mr. Matt. I thought he was funny. And when he had that controversy with the middle finger it was funny too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a real nice guy. That guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thought, Where are you going? <laughs> yeah. He turns around, flips the guy off. Yeah. Flipping the bird with four fingers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, number two, I got Orbit. Uh, Orbit always makes me giggle when I see uh, uh, videos of him. I think he's he's one of the up and coming, I guess you could call like great mascots. Um, I see him a lot on Twitter uh, videos and YouTube videos. I seen him messing with fans and messing with the grounds crew, and always seems to be around. and And he's got a cool look to him. I like the whole Orbit thing with the Astros. I think that's a really cool idea. And at number one, uh, the Philly fanatic. I think you're gonna find him at the top of a lot of lists. He's very he's very funny. And around here we have the the low A Phillies affiliate, the Lakewood Blue Claws. He comes once in a while. He'll come and uh, and mess with the like his cousin. It seems like Buster. Yeah, yeah. His, it's it's he'll mess with the mascot for the uh, for the Blue Claws, and they kind of seem they almost like feel like they're related, you know, because they're obviously still Phillies organization. But uh, he was always funny there when we went to Phillies games, seeing videos of him. He's always funny uh, with the big belly and the big snout and yeah, the, the he whole. He stands right out. Yeah, he's exactly. The mascot, like he's like, all right, that's. He's number one. All right, where's the next guys? You know. Yeah, the teams, you know, swapping, you know, offense and defense. Damn, they go crazy and, with gritty there. Oh my god, I, think I like gritty better than fanatic. But listen, the one thing the Philly 
Philadelphia's got with the mascots. They got two of the probably the best mascots in sports. So yeah. good on them. Their fan base is something else, but you know, <laughs> uh, shout out to all the Philly fans listening. I probably just pissed off, but they boot, uh, Sa- they boot Santa. You know, the Eagles boot Santa. Yeah, and they throw. Well, I bet you they wouldn't say a bad word about Philly fanatic. No, 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 no. That's like they're Tom Brady. <laughs> they wouldn't say a bad word about him. <laughs> no, he push it right down to your lunch bite. Wouldn't say nothing bad about. Be like, hey, that's fanatic. Leave him alone. Nah, he's all right. Yeah, yeah, him and gritty. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Don't yeah. <laughs> run the place. All right, those are uh, my top ten mascots, and I'll let Frank here finish it up for us with his top ten mascots. Sure, sure. And uh, my honorable mentions start with Oriole Bird. Um, I like him. You know, he's just he's simple. The name is just Oriole Bird. I feel like you could have Fred. You know, you could have found something like like Fred Bird, Red Bird, Fred Bird. It just you know you could have a little bit better name. You probably sneaks out of your top ten, but just simplistic name. It's like, ugh. yeah, yeah. But he's a really really cool one. The pirate parrot. He's really, you know, we already talked about him, you know, the green, he just, you know, stands out in the crowd yeah, he does. watching the game and just like, there he is. It's, it's just cool looking. Uh, the seal, Francisco seal, <laughs> Luigi, Francisco seal, whatever, there, Louis seal, whatever they changed his name to. But, um, he's, he's a good one. Sunglasses kind of, you know, just made a fun time during their, their good seasons. They had the world series. He just kind of always showed him felt like, mm-hmm. like he was almost part, like actually part of the team. Like, oh, here he goes. Now they're going to start hitting again. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird about that. But, um, and then you got Dinger. Yeah, uh, he's with the um, uh, he's with the the Rockies, the, the dinosaur. Just doesn't. Uh, he's a big goofball. Doesn't. No one knows why he's there. You yeah. know the spots. Like they're like, all right, but he's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, all right, we'll take it. But you're like, I don't know where he's coming from. Yeah, it's there Triceratops. Whatever. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, Mariner Moose, because the Mariners oh, yeah. are not good, but he's a he's a goofball. Hmm. And when they get good, he's gonna oh, he's gonna. People are going to love him once uh, the Mariners get good and they're on TV all the time and stuff. They're going to love him. You got that moose around, yeah. Yeah. Make it again, making no sense. It's just like, here he is, a moose. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. But they love him. Yeah. Love it. So, uh, number 10, I got to put the swinging fryer because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I always love the bald guy. Like, yeah, here comes the bald guy. Here comes Elmer Fudd leading, yeah. the, leading the charge with his <laughs> robe on, you know. Oh, fantastic. Uh, mm. Number nine, I got the slider from the Indians, the yellow guy. Mm. He just kind of all of a sudden he's just there. Yeah. That's his big thing. Like he just, he's just always like, all of a sudden he's behind home plate. He's just sliding around there. He's just, he's a crazy one. Yeah. That's he's weird. <laughs> uh, number eight got screech. You know, a lot of people don't like him. Uh, you know, we have the great story. Uh, we went to a nationals game, I don't know, a week after the Mets, Mr. Met flipped off a fan. Yeah, it was, was right. Big, that was the, that was the topic. Yeah. yeah it was like a week after, mm. you know, it was like, it's a controversy kind of thing with the, you know, mascots and, you know, what do they get away with? Because you don't see them and, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we're there and he comes over. We're sitting there watching the game. All of a sudden, here comes Screech, you know, big shoes and everything, sitting right next to me. He comes down, sits right next to me, open seat. I said, hey, you know, what are you doing? You know, how you doing? And he's, yeah, yeah, you know, he does not say anything, but, you know, shaking his head. And he's like pointing at the seat, you know, and he's like, can I, you know, like asking, can I sit there? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. So as long as you don't give me, you know, as long as you don't give me the bird, you know, flip me <laughs> off. He put out his fingers. One, two, three, four, and then shook his head and shook his hands. And, nope, not gonna do that. And I said, well, then you can sit there. Then. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Oh. I love that so much. <laughs> keep, keep right over. Hey, yeah, say, as long as you don't flip me off, you can sit there. Yeah. He counted his fingers and said, nope. All right, you're good to go then. That's oh. all yours, bud. I think you said. I think you said something along the lines of, "You're not gonna flip me off like Mr. Matt, are you?" Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna flip me off like Mr. Matt. He counters fingers. Nope. I said, "Well, it's all yours." Then. Yeah, go ahead. Is that right there? Whole yeah. inning. Oh, that was funny. I told me he had nice shoes, you know, a nice pair of sneakers he had on. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He's you flipping you off, you know, like Mr. Matt. Got to experience like that. Other people haven't had that, so they yeah. don't like Screech for some reason. Yeah. 
was just best friends with that guy. I had no clue, you know? Yeah. Didn't even know they had a mask up. Yeah. That's I'd, why he's on my list. I didn't know. Yeah. So, oddly enough, number seven, I got Mr. Ment. Um, oh. He's very simplistic. Um, he could be higher. You know, he could easily be higher, but it's very simplistic. He did flip a guy off, so I <laughs> <laughs> got to drop your spot or two, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I got him at number seven. Number six, Orbit. He might be a touch lower, like you had him, but um, he's still up and coming, so I can't give him his... Can give him a street cred yet, you know, he's still yeah, up yeah. and coming, but Orbit's, he's crazy, he's like a cartoonish, you know, Shrek, you know, the ears sticking out. And oh, yeah. Uh, I think it really is a testament to the Astros, like you said, to the team, but also the Astrodome, remember, alien, kind of out of space thing, so I think that's kind of, you know. I know what you mean, hey, yeah, yeah. Let's get it, let's get something that goes with that, too, so. Uh, number five, Wally Green Monster, I mean, they did the, they did the best with the little they had, and it worked. And yeah, it's fine. It's perfect. So good for them. You know, yeah. they, they, they nailed it. Yeah, I forgot his name was Wally. <laughs> yeah, Wally Green Monster. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, Bernie Brewer, like AKA Robin Yount. Um, he's fantastic. You know, the slide. You know, like I said, he used to go into the beer, and <laughs> that's just it's just great. It just goes well. It just it's iconic. The slide. They had they have the whole. You know. Yeah. yeah everyone yeah. knows it. It's part of the game. Yeah. Like, yeah I'm yeah. going to see the home run and Bernie Bernie Brewer slide down the slide. You know? Yeah. Um, I think they let kids slide down that too after the game and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I you're think right. Like a thing like that, so that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I got Stomper. I know you had him on honorable mentions. Um, I love the A's. Had to mention him here, you know, a couple times, but he's just iconic and original. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's like the original elephant, like mascot. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he's always been that. Even when the Philadelphia A's, it was, it was the elephant. Where they got it, I don't know why, but they they crushed it, and that's him. So, and that's great for them. Number two, Fred Bird, great name, mm-hmm. nailed it. He looks cool. Real cool Cardinal. Cardinal. Last year, I thought it was cool. I seen a video of him, you know, the stadium empty. He was out in the sun. It was like 100 degrees. He was sitting in there, laying on the, ble- the bleachers out in, out in the outfield, just sleeping during the game. Oh, no one's funny. in the fan. You know, no one's in the crowd, obviously, last year. That's funny. Um, but he's always kind of doing something like that, you know. He's always, you know, always you see him in the crowd with the with the fans doing something. So, um, and Fred Bird, they really, you know, very simplistic, but, like, it's it's creative. Yeah, yeah, Other than Oriole Bird. Yeah, Oriole the Bird. The difference is, is you know. And he looks he looks really cool. The Cardinal is a really nice outfit, you know. Yeah, he's got a cool design. Yeah. yeah. Number one, Philly fanatic. He's just a green menace. <laughs> he, he is. He started the whole mascot thing. I feel like. Yeah. People went wild for him, and they started, and that's why everyone was like, "We got to get something like that." And he's fantastic. You know, he shakes around his hips, and he's <laughs> on the quad. Like, where to get a quad from? <laughs> he just know? stole a quad. Yeah, he's just a menace. Yeah. Pushing people down, and time of sorta, you know, couldn't stand him, and he's yeah. throwing the bat at him, and hitting him, and everything. Else. It's just he's just a menace. Yeah. Yep. So, um, he's fantastic, and he's kind of like the uh, what you look up to if you're trying to make a mascot. Like, we got to get a Philly fanatic. So. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Uh, we've seen him. He's out of all these mascots, who we've seen the most, obviously. Yeah, he's funny as hell. You know, I don't even know at this point if you're a baseball fan if you haven't seen at least a video of Philly fanatic. But if you haven't, uh, go check him out. He's funny. Yeah. But that is uh, the end of our top ten completely. We finished yeah. players last episode. This is a complete finish of the top tens. Uh, maybe in the future we revisit, you know, at some point. Um, yeah, or if, we could do, uh, you know, an era kind of thing, like from 1970s, some of these positions, because that changes it a lot, too. Yeah. Get rid of some of these older guys. That's what you saw. We could do something like that. We'll, we'll be we'll be creative. So. Yeah, yeah, we could always, at some point, uh, kind of revisit the lists, or uh, or like you said, do a redux, like uh, add a, a caveat to some of the lists or something like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we... Uh, uh, what we can do, but the, you know, the off season stuff is kind of over. Now we'll do an off season outlook episode coming up here. We have some moves, uh, obviously the Rockies trade with the Cardinals. 
uh, with Nolan Arenado is 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 just an absolute nutty. Yeah, very complex. Yeah, that's that's one I'm gonna have to like look at. But it's all it's getting involved because they have to pass through it. He's changing his contract. It's it's there's a lot of moves, but especially by next week, by the time we record, I think you'll have a lot of the moves are done. The big moves are done. Teams are kind of built, so you kind of got the gist of things. You know, you might see some decent moves, but for the most part, you know, Bauer's still out there as of now, but for the most part, teams are kind of built. You kind of know what the free agency is going to look like, so we can kind of do an off-season outlook without, like, waiting until, like, you know, another three, four weeks and you're in spring training. It's like, well, what's the team look like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, and, and moves have been happening, like, a lot quicker now because well, the season's coming. Dominoes fall and, yeah, it's, you know, the season starts coming. It's like, we got to get them. We got to make our move, so. Yeah, I'm hoping Bauer gets signed before we record so we can have, like, an even more uh, conclusive look at or at uh, least, like, a He's going to this team or this team. Yeah, yeah. So at least like you can give him like a breakdown. Well, if it goes to this team, this happens. Goes to this team. At least you have an idea. Right yeah, now, it's still kind of open. Yeah, it's kind of. I don't even know where he's going. Maybe the Angels or something. But yeah, so that's uh, next week. We'll be uh, talking about you know the off season outlook as a whole for teams. Uh, we'll probably go team by team as best we can uh, to go quickly. You know, we're not going to go through every little no. move, every little minor Cash league considerations move. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, player we need later, he's in every trade, so. Mm, but I, I don't think well, there will be too many. You know, the offseason was kind of slow for a while, so I don't think it's going to get too, too bad. Uh, we're going to make, you know, we're going to talk about big signings and big trades. That's why we kind of have been reserved about talking about big stuff that's been happening. We haven't missed it, believe me. We have, we've seen it. We just don't um, want to double but, down and spend more time on because some of these episodes, as you guys know, have been longer. No need to weigh down these episodes even longer than double down on it and weeks later. So we're trying to just be, you know, we're not trying to kill you. Listen to the same, same stuff over and over again. Yeah, and then we'll obviously we'll we'll reserve our opinions. I mean, we'll give you know our our opinion on the move at the time, but you know we're we're gonna reserve our full opinions until we do the the preseason you know outlook episodes before the season yeah. because that'll be our conclusive look at these teams and their rosters and, yeah. and how they're and looking. And how that moves up this move, and then oh well. By themselves, they don't look that great, but together, it makes a lot more sense. Exactly. So you got to, you know, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. So that's, um, you know, there's really not much else uh, that I can think of that I want to get to before we, before you do your trivia question stuff. So if you have anything, you can uh, just uh, say it or, or just move on to the trivia question, whatever yeah, you got. I mean, the only other thing I want to throw in real quick, you know, I don't want to prolong the episode much longer, but um, they did propose an idea to cut the season eight games, delay the season about a month, start April 24th. Universal DH expanded playoffs to 14 teams. It was 16 last year, way too many. 14 still too many, but um, and then pushed the season back one week into November would end the World Series. That idea to give more time for um, the warmer weather to come, which is a little easier with the COVID on that, get more vaccines out, get more plans made, and they could do more testing on some of the players and just kind of be, they feel like they could be more prepared. So there's an idea out there. It got rejected as of now from the Players Association, but it wasn't a bad deal. I, I actually kind of, you know, I was like, okay, that's fine. Hmm. But um, it was rejected at first, so we'll see. But otherwise, I think that you're really not going to see a delay or you're really not going to see much change to the season game-wise and distance-wise. You're going to get like 150 games. Hundred Worst case, I think you're getting like 140-something games. But So we're going to have a normal season for the most yeah. part. Yeah, more so, than 60, that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to have that. That's one thing they talked about. But other than that, we're it's the season's the same. Baseball's baseball. We're coming back. We're going to be kind of normal this year, mm-hmm. which is great. So just want to throw that out there. But um, to get to this week's trivia question, it's no uh, no crazy war one and guys you never heard of and nothing, nothing like that. No race shocks. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to go with the episode. And so we wanted to do who, which manager has the most total ejections all time. That will be history. 
And that answer is Bobby Cox with 161. Next closest is John McGraw with 132. Should have known. They're the only <laughs> two guys that have 100. Oh, okay. Who's after that? Earl Weaver. <laughs> Should have known that. So, yeah. That's who has the most total ejections in MLB history um, as manager or coach. And that's Bobby Cox, 161. Yeah, I forgot he broke. I remember when he broke the record, sure. <laughs> which was funny. But exploded. I exploded. The crowd was like, "Got it! Get, it! <laughs> Get the record!" Yeah, he exploded. So. <laughs> yeah, another testament to uh, you know, play, players do appreciate when the manager goes out there and defends them like that. Obviously, you don't want to get thrown out all the time because you do have an obligation for your yeah. team. But, but to get fiery like that, players yeah, like that, stand to, up for them or get the get the get them going or yeah, get um, the crowd going, fight through a tough time. And he's like, all right, but also just you know, standing up for you know the rules. Mm. Bobby Cox, Buckshaw, Walter, those guys know the rules in and out. Mm. So when they or they they know baseball. So when they see something they don't they don't think is right, they're gonna go out there and they're gonna let you know. And if you don't give them the right answer or, or give them the time of day, essentially they're gonna rip you apart. And that's why people were worried about when uh, you know and say the the robo ump thing comes in with the balls and strikes. You know, that comes in and, you know, you got the challenges and stuff. People were worried about, well, the, the manager argument's going to go away and stuff like that. It still yeah, hasn't gone away. but that has a has something no other sport really has. I mean, yeah, there's the, argument, but there's nothing. Basketball with the, te- you know, technical fouls and stuff's kind of close. But baseball always had that, you know, kick in the dirt. There was no, like, you know, with basketball, like Bobby Knight throwing a chair across the thing. But that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I wouldn't recommend that. But yeah. um, basically, you kick the dirt, you know, you're taking the base. Lloyd McClendon just chunked the base, went home with it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. One guy in the minors throwing the grenades and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's, it's just an iconic thing. Yeah. It was just what baseball did. It always had that up on, you know, kind of like hockey fights. It yeah. It kind of had that one up on everything. That's true. It's just a unique thing to that sport, kind of. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good one. I forgot that he did that. But that's all I got for this episode. You know, if you want to kind of finish up with something here, lead us into our uh, off-season and, uh, you know, 2021 season predictions. I mean, let me know. But no, uh, that's yeah. all I got. That's pretty much it. I think we're going to have a good off-season breakout or breakdown next week, and we'll go into somebody's trades and moves, and we'll give you a full full wrap-up. And then we'll do uh, kind of a breakdown like we did start this year, where we each episode we kind of talk about a team and division and, get a full wrap up and we'll be in the season. Yeah. Fantasy baseball will be back. We'll season will be back. I think fans are going to be back for, for at some capacity for the most part. Uh, maybe there's a possibility also games played and home run derby. And, you know, we're kind of back, kind of back to normal. Once yeah. this warm weather kind of wrap, wraps in here and the vaccines keep getting rolled out, there's going to be no looking back. So we just got to get to the warm weather and we're a month and a half away, two months away from kind of more consistent warm weather. And that's opens everything kind of back up. So, we're right there. We made it, yeah. kind of, so far. Yeah, and we're going to get more than 60 games, God willing. I, we uh, almost surely were, will. Yeah, yeah. So unless yeah. something insane happens, you know, the world blows up. But then we won't have any games. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're close to, to getting, like, basically a full season of baseball, which feels really good. Yeah. I'm uh, getting sh- a full show's coming out. Yeah. It's going to Xbox. So all the Xbox people here, you know, great for you guys. We've had it. <laughs> We've had it. So Yeah, well, they've, had, they've been without one for... 2K, what, 14? 2K, 14. 2K. Like once it comes on the front. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. Or so. What was the last one? Verlander? I don't know. It's been like, it's had to have been like five, six years of yeah, Xbox 2K players. Yeah, 2K was a bad game, but uh, Elevator Show's great, so you guys will love it. Uh, I've, I've had every single one. Yeah. I think it was about 05, Big Poppy on the front, I believe it was the first one. Elevator Show ones, mm-hmm. I believe, and I have had every single one, and they're fantastic. So we're excited for that. So just kind of excited. A lot of baseball stuff happening. You got to love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's it. So let me, you want me to wrap this thing up or what? Yeah. 
All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can check this podcast out on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen to this podcast on our regularly updated YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RealMichaelPree. You can follow me on Instagram at MichaelPree. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.